Hey everybody, Randy Bolander on the third cup of coffee podcast. How are you? Have you survived the holidays? Did you finish the ham? What are the leftovers in your fridge that you are looking at with a bit of a suspicious eye thinking, it looks good, but I don't know, might be a bad idea. We had Jack Stack for Christmas. If you're not from Kansas City, Jack Stack is fabulous barbecue. And so we bought uh, burnt ends and brisket and then added our own things to it. And not only was it fantastic, we overbought a little bit. I know, I know we had 15 people in our home. How did we overbuy? We were just excited. And so we bought a little bit extra. And so I've been eating Jack Stack twice a week. I mean, twice a day, twice a day for uh, since Christmas, but I ran out last night. Last night, I had the last of the leftovers. So sad, sad day here at the Bolander house. I'll have to go back to eating like a commoner after eating like a king for a couple of days. It is that in-between week between Christmas and New Year's where uh, nobody knows what day it is. Nobody knows if you need to be anywhere until you're late. And um, you don't know what trash day is. I got trash day. I'm pretty excited about that, but I nailed that. Other than that, this week has been a bit of a shambles in the way of what do we do, where do we go? Kids all home and uh, just having a lot of fun. We had a great Christmas. Uh, my daughter-in-law was not able to make it back from Brazil. So she stayed in uh, Brazil with her family, had Christmas with her family. We missed her. Uh, her name is Mari, and we will have what I am calling Mari Christmas when she gets back, which should be the next day or so. Uh, yes, I've been waiting a long time to make that Mari Christmas joke. So here we are. Anyway, what else is going on with us? Oh, Christmas Eve at the bridge. If you missed Christmas Eve, uh, you missed a doozy. I mean, it was, I don't use this term a whole lot. It was very sweet. It was just warm and sweet. Uh, We did not have line of animals. We did not have a smoke machine, uh, no LED wall. It was just uh, music interspersed with the story of Jesus, with communion, lit some candles at the end. And we did it at 4.30 because I had this idea that everyone has a lot going on and they are going to want to get to church and get out. Well, they didn't. I mean, it was really interesting. We finished the service and, you know, we do a lot of set up and tear down and we're shaking hands and and welcoming people. And I work for a while and I go out in the foyer. It's like nobody's left. Everybody's just hanging out, which I think was just a... uh, just an overflow of uh, the warmth of the service. It was really, really sweet. So if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, I'm sorry, we, we didn't record it. Uh, There's just some things, you know, you don't record. Some things are for the family and for the Lord. And that's kind of how it felt. And I'm really, really glad that we did it how we did it and that um, it was so sweet. I've been watching the news and it's so interesting to me. There are times when there are stories that fall through the cracks just because of timing. Like, had they happened any other time, they would be all that people are talking about. But because of they happen when they happen, they fall through the cracks and they they get mentioned, but like six weeks later, nobody remembers them. It's one of those going on. Of course, in the news, what everybody is looking at, what everybody is talking about 
uh, is the snowstorm in Buffalo. Snowstorm really across the entire United States, but primarily in Buffalo where there was just tremendous loss of life. Like stories still coming out. They're still finding people. Just I don't ever remember that many people losing their lives in a snowstorm. Uh, just so sad. And of course, because things cannot be bad enough, there are people who are trying to make them worse. A couple of days ago, there was a video circulating on the internet of people looting the Walmart in Buffalo during the snowstorm. And uh, now it's revealed that that Walmart is actually in Philadelphia, and that was two years earlier. Can, can things not just be bad enough? Do we have to make them worse by dredging up video from other events and tying it all together? I don't know what people gain from that. I just don't get it. So, snowstorm and loss of life in Buffalo. People are talking about that. People are talking about the Southwest air debacle. Anybody who's flying, if you're sitting in an airport waiting for Southwest air to rescue you, let me just tell you right now, go get a car, get a bus, rent a U-Haul, planes, trains, automobiles, go full John Candy, whatever it takes, get home. Southwest air is probably not going to help you today. Those are the things that people are talking about. I was standing in line to return some Christmas gifts yesterday. And, uh, of course, that's all that was the talk up and down the line was who had family stuck somewhere else because of, of Southwest Air. So you've got the snowstorm, you get Southwest Air, all this is going on. And there's a story in the middle of it that has less buzz, although it's the top of the page right now. It's going to be gone in a heartbeat, and no one is going to remember it. And it's actually really important, not because of the specifics of who it happens to, but just the fact that it even happens. And that's this. It's the election of George Santos on largely false pretense. Now, I'm not going to tell you where he was elected from. Google it. I'm not even going to tell you what party he's from. Google it. Because I would say this no matter what party he's from. So his affiliation is not the point. Uh, too often our comments about politicians are based primarily on if they're our guy or their guy. I don't care, okay? My guys don't do this kind of thing. So even if he's one of my guys, he's not one of my guys now. He clearly grossly exaggerated parts of his resume. Like grossly exaggerated. And he flat out lied on other parts to the point where I graduated for da 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 and I didn't graduate. And um, gets elected to Congress? Like, I would think Chick-fil-A vets people better than this. I don't understand how this happened. He was on uh, maybe Fox last night, I guess it was, because he faced Tulsi Gubbard, um, who absolutely tore into him, and good for her. Uh, she really fried him, asking him pointed questions about why he thought this was okay and how he defined, uh, what was the word, integrity. How do you define, define integrity? And he just, he didn't do well, stumbled. It looked like his worst nightmare. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, buddy, was this your biggest fear? Like, was your biggest fear when you started lying on your resume that one day you'd be on national news? Is that what frightened you? Are you now at the bottom? Don't you have kids to face? Don't you have a family to face? Are the, or are the people important to you so accustomed to your dysfunction that it doesn't bother them or it doesn't bother you that it bothers them? It was, it was something to see. It was a sight to watch. And of course, he was in the wrong, clearly in the wrong. But as I'm watching this, I'm wondering, where was the press during this election? Like, 
how did this all suddenly come to light after he's elected? Did nobody think to do Clearly nobody did even a cursory investigation of him while he was running. And now that he's elected, they find it all. Now, whose fault is it? It's his fault. But where was the press? I'll tell you. The press is too busy proving points that they want to make that they don't have time to do the journalism stuff that they need to do. And so things like this happen because nobody did the investigation. Like nobody looked up anything that this guy said during his election. And now, of course, he's a fraud. And he is. But maybe so is the press. Eesh, I don't know. This weekend at the bridge, we are diving into our first week of 2023. Now, historically, I read the Bible through in a year. And so by the time I get to Christmas, I am deep into Revelation. And it's just where I end the year. There's something epic about the arc of reading and of the discipline of getting through it that once you've read the story all the way through, when you get to Revelation, it hits different. I mean, it's it's powerful. And so on the first Sunday of the year, we're going to take a minute and look at Revelation 5. Uh, because I'm thinking a lot about the passage of time and the value of things and how in our minds things change in value over time. And probably some things do, but some things don't, okay? If you know what the price of a stock is going to be 10 days from now, what is it worth to you right now? If it's going to be $100 right now and it's or in 10 days and it's selling for 10, what is it worth for you right now? Well, honestly, it's worth $100. You know that. You're going to invest in that. You may not pay the price, but you're going to invest in it. The value of things is what it will be, if that will make sense. I'm saying all that to say, Revelation 5, it talks about how he is holy. But if he's holy then, he's holy now. Like the value of Jesus is not accumulating like a high interest rate certificate of deposit, if such a thing even exists anymore. The value of Jesus is what it is. And when we read Revelation 5, it describes a man sitting on a throne who is ruling over kings and is attracting the attention of the entire universe, physical and spiritual. I'm telling you, he's holy then, he's just as holy now. We're going to talk about that on Sunday at the bridge. We hope that you join us. If you can, stop and say howdy. We'd love to see you. And then we'll be back middle of next week on the podcast with that teaching if you weren't able to make it live. But hey, join us. Why would you not? Have a great day. I'm out.